Well, good evening. It's good to be together. And uh, for some reason, Laverne, I thought you were going to have devotions, weren't you? <laughs> All right. I saw on my agenda Laverne was going to have a devotion. I said, yeah, good. <laughs> okay. Well, so I don't get off the hook, but he does. Oh, no. Well, I appreciate um, the message we had this morning. Um, I find it a little bit, I mean, it's, it's how God works. It's just the way he does um, in speaking uh, his word and through his vessels that we are. And um, Glenn, you mentioned this morning out of First Peter 5, talked about the great shepherd. Well, that's who I'm going to talk about tonight is the great shepherd. And a very familiar passage. You can guess it. What it would it be? What would it be? Psalm 23. Yes, yeah, Psalm 23. Um, It's nothing, nothing new in the sense that we haven't read it. We haven't. How many have ever memorized Psalm 23? Oh, many, many people have memorized it. I memorized it in the second grade, if I remember right. I remember Flossie Yoder was my teacher in, at Christian school and learned Psalm 23. And I was thinking, well, that's, you know, that's a good many years ago. And I started calculating and said, whoa, wow, <laughs> that's a long time ago. <laughs> 48 years ago, I memorized Psalm 23. That makes me feel old when I say that. And Dan Murphy isn't here to amen that one. (laughs) Anyway, so I'd like, the title of my message tonight is Jehovah the Shepherd. And I will be using Psalm 23 as my text, my main text. I will be reading out other passages as well. But I would, I guess tonight, the the focus or the desire of my heart in, in this message is for us to see our need of the good shepherd, of the great shepherd. We have the shepherd in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, we've just, we've just begun a new year. It's 2021 now. And I remember thinking when we got into 2020, I'm thinking, okay, I, I started making plans for what was going to happen in my year. Um, one of the highlights for me uh, looking forward at the beginning of the year was going to Cuba. And looking forward to that, and Cuba came and went, and then COVID hit, and then that was it, you know. The year really changed. What is 2021 going to be like? And if there's ever a time, if there ever is a time, I think, that we need to give our allegiance, and that that word was in one of our songs tonight, talking about allegiance. Our allegiance is to Jesus Christ. We need to call upon him now is that time. Today is that day when we call upon the name of the Lord. When we follow that shepherd, Jesus Christ. And you, you and I say, well, why? You know, well, that's kind of a dumb question. Why, why do we need to follow that shepherd? I mean, you think about what's going on in our world today. What's going on around us? The uncertainty 
I was um, just looking at some statistics. Pew Research, um, speaking in one of the issues, speaks to the whole issue of the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of the home, of marriage. That's a huge issue. Pew Research, 39% of marriages today end in divorce. 39%. And that number actually is less than it was years ago. So we're, we're gaining? Not really. Because, because of the fact that there are less people getting married. We have more people cohabitating, more people living with an unmarried partner than we did years ago. Here's a statistic. 59% of Americans between ages 18 and 44 have lived together with an unmarried person. 59%. 50% are getting married. So we have more people living together than we have getting married. So, but out of that 50% that get married, 39% are getting divorced. Not a good statistic. The interesting thing, a side note of that is that those that are in that in their research, those who are married have the the statistics. I was just looking at statistics side by side. The couples that are married, they're much more satisfied in their marriage with their partner. They can trust them, and there's and there's just satisfaction there. The sad statistic going on with that: seventy-eight percent of eighteen to twenty-nine-year-olds say it's an acceptable thing. And then even worse, I think, is 74% of Catholics say it's okay. And worse, 76% of evangelicals say it's an acceptable behavior. Now, that evangelicals doesn't refer to those that would say they're born again. It's just the broad spectrum of people who follow or maybe go to church or say they follow God. But 76% say it's okay. Not only do we have the breakdown of the home, but a, a, a long, coupled alongside that, we have homosexuality and the LGBT, whatever, I'm not sure all the, the letters that go with that, that continue on. That we have those things that are coming against the church, coming against the family. We have a media today that is not really about news. It seems like they're about propaganda. I remember when I was in, in elementary and you... I remember reading, we had a little, uh, like a little news, weekly newspaper we'd get. I can't remember what the name of it was. Weekly. weekly Reader, was that what it was? Yeah, Weekly Reader, there it was. Anyway, and so they're talking about Russia, and, and their news is mostly propaganda. The government says what you can say, when you can say, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, <laughs> we have a lot of that today. There are certain things that just don't get talked about. So what is our news? We have that. And then we have, obviously, the, the thing that's the elephant in the room, the COVID-19. And, you know, I, I would say this. From my perspective, it's a real virus. It's there, but we're, it's being sold to us that it's like an automatic death sentence. And it's not. It's not an automatic death sentence. It is real. People have passed away. But then I ask the question, for us as Christians, what is it, what is it for us? Does it matter? The Bible says we're appointed to die someday. And if we know Christ, does it really matter? But anyway, there's just so many things that are going on around us. 
that aren't good news. And, you know, the world looks to, we, we look to a leader. We look to someone that, man, we need to get out of this. We need to get through this somehow. You know, and we, we have obviously our, we just went through an election. And, you know, there was definitely different sides on that one. Um, so we look to a leader. Is that what we look to as a church? Is that who we're looking to? No, it's not. And with all the world's problems and all the things that are happening in this world, and just maybe a little bit of a side note, a side here. Don't you, I mean, to me, it just seems like the world is ripe for the Antichrist to come in. They're ready. We need, we need that person that's going get to us, get us out of this. I think we're very ripe for that. But is that who we're looking to? No, we're not. We look to the one who is our Savior, our shepherd, and that's Jesus Christ. He was given to us over 2,000 years ago as a baby. And we need to give our full adoration, our full allegiance, our full attention to the one, the only one, the only one who can save us from our sin. The only one who promises us an eternal home. The only one who who has given us hope. It's Jesus. He's preparing a place for us. He's that shepherd that we need to look to today. So let's look at Psalm 23. Actually, I'm, I'm going to attempt to do this. I'm going to, um, I memorized it way many years ago. So this is out of the, the, the King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In John 10, Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. John 10, verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who who is not the shepherd, one coming and leaving the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is an hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. Jesus himself declares that he's that shepherd. I am, it speaks of. And, you know, we think about the words, I am. I am. That's who Moses encountered back in the wilderness. He said, who's who's sending me to Egypt? Who is this? 
is I am that I am. The eternal one. He's past, present, and future. He's all of that, the I am. We have a shepherd. We have a shepherd who is Jehovah, Yahweh. He created us. And not only did he just create us, he created a a universe that is just mind-boggling. If you want to just indulge me a little bit as I, as I just take you into some of the, the, the expanse that is around us. Some of you know I kind of like, I like to follow things that are happening in the stars, the moon, and where it's at. And what's, what's, recently we had uh, Jupiter and Saturn kind of really close together, and there's some hype about that. <clears throat> you know, these are things that are millions of miles away from us. I think I read that. The closest that Saturn can be to us is like 740-some million miles close. And then Jupiter is maybe like 300-some million miles. That's the closest. But there's these orbits. And so depending on where they orbit, if you know Saturn's over here, the sun is here, and we're over here, then it's even further than that. But i just looking up some, some things about our universe, about our expanse, not just our universe. In 2016, the number of galaxies was, was changed. They went from saying that we had 200 billion galaxies to now say that we have now 2 trillion galaxies in our expanse. 2 trillion. <laughs> and the stars that go with all those galaxies is 1 times 10 to the 24th power. So that's one with 24 zeros. One septillion. Can we grasp that number? I don't think we can. It's just, I mean, it's, I mean you, start, you start just putting, you think about what is this, I mean, this is just, it's just phenomenal. It just goes on and on and on. Some names of our galaxies that are around us. Andromeda Galaxy. The Magellanic Clouds, the Whirlpool Galaxy, the Sombrero Galaxy, the Messier 109, the NGC 4414 Spiral Galaxy is in the constellation of the Coma Berenices, and it is 55,000 light years in diameter. And it is uh, 60 million light years from the Earth. Now, you start thinking, I mean, those are just like, okay, what do you mean light years? What, what is that? A light, okay, how fast does light travel? Anybody know? Fast. What's the number? Do you know that? Anybody? Science? There you go. 186,000 miles per second. So, let's just do the math here a little bit. That is just a little bit under 700 million miles per hour. Okay. 700 million miles per hour, a little under that. And so in a day, we would travel, if we would go as fast as the speed of light, we would go 16,770,400,000 miles per day. And in a year, we would travel 5,865,696,000,000 miles per year. 
So 5.8 trillion miles. That's how it, if we travel at the speed of light. So we're saying that this, this one was 55,000 light years away. Far? Yeah, far. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it's, um, so the closest, the closest galaxy to us is the Andromeda galaxy, and that's 2.5 million light years away. So it's just, I mean, we have, this is around us. They're out there. These galaxies are out there. This is the God who created us. Jesus, the creator. And, you know, you say, okay, we have one, we, we think, we know, there's one septillion stars. And he says he knows them by name. He knows you. He made you. And yet I have to think about, you know, God, in a sense, <laughs> stepping out. I mean, this is his, I mean, can we measure his world? Can we measure his expanse? Can we measure his power and, his, and who he is? We can't. But God stepped into our world. And he made you. He made me. Do you think... Do you think he knows you? I think he does. He knows us. He knows us very well. David declares, Yahweh, my creator, as his shepherd. The great I am. Does Yahweh, does Jehovah need our worship? Does he need us for anything? No. He's self-sufficient. Self-contained. He's God. But yet, again, he steps into our world. He made us, his creation, after his image. And he wants to be your shepherd. David says, the Lord... This Yahweh is my shepherd. Is Yahweh, is Jehovah your shepherd? So let's just break down some of these, this word by word, phrase by phrase as we go through. The Lord is my shepherd. Is. The Lord is. Not was or will be. He is. It's now. The Lord is my shepherd. And it's also, he says, is my shepherd. He's not my father's shepherd. He's not my friend's, excuse me, my friend's shepherd. He's my shepherd. He says, I shall not want. Now, as, as I was reading about sheep, just in preparation for this message, you, I, I mean, I've been around sheep some. I've seen sheep out there in the pasture and you know in America they probably do taking care of sheep a little bit different than what they do in many other countries but sheep are valuable for their wool they're valuable for their their meat and and some people enjoy that I don't care for sheep as well as much as other but still they're that's what they're they're useful for but sheep left to themselves they can't take care of themselves they can't they're just 
They're not, it's not that they're dumb. It's just that they're, they don't have horns like goats do. They, can't, they, they don't have that ability to take care of themselves. They need someone to lead them, someone to be in charge of them. So when we have the Lord as our shepherd, David says these words, I shall not want. Next verse, he says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. So we have this, he makes, makes me lie down. Now, I think of the, when we, that almost sounds like it, it, you're forcing him. You lie down in that green pasture. Is that what he's saying? You think so? No. Like I tell my kids, go to bed. <laughs> you haven't done your chores, go out there and feed the calves. Come on. It's, it's more of a, it sounds like, I mean, it's a command. He makes me lie down in green pastures. But no. Why, why does David say it like this? I think he says it like this because, because of who God is, because of this <laughs> immeasurable God, creator of me, and he knows me, and he's taking care of me, he says, I can, just, I can just lay down in that pasture and rest and be satisfied. My soul is satisfied because I've got the greatest shepherd to take care of me. A sheep will not lie down if there are three things that, that uh, it needs. It needs to be fed. It needs to not be afraid. And it needs to not be thirsty. So if they are thirsty or if they're afraid or if they're hungry, they won't lie down. They're going to be up and about. So David addresses these, these three things here in these next couple verses. He makes me lie down in green pastures. There's just that, that whole thing of being satisfied. His soul is satisfied. He's not hungry. And then if you think about the, the whole fact of, of being afraid, a sheep, um, when they're afraid, when there's a coyote, there's a, a lion or a predator around, they're going to run. That's their, that's their defense is to run. But you think about what, what is the solution to a sheep's fear? What is the solution to our fear? It's being, knowing that we are in the presence of the shepherd. We're in the presence of the Almighty. And when we, when we can, I think when, when I can grasp that, when we can grasp that, that we're in the presence of the great shepherd, I can rest. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to fear. I don't have to run. Hebrews 13 says, Jesus Based, in essence, usually, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And because of that, the next verse in verse 6 in chapter 13 says, So we can boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And then he says, He leads me beside still waters. Jesus doesn't take us to places that are, we have polluted water. 
or polluted puddles or a marsh that's, you know, you, you've walked along those side of the, ugh, it's, you don't want to drink that water. But Jesus doesn't lead us there. He takes us beside the waters that are fresh, that are refreshing, that are going to quench that thirst. I should have mentioned at the beginning of my message here too. I, um, in in preparation for for this this message, I was just listening to uh, another guy's message, Stephen Davy. I don't know who Stephen Davy is. You've heard him on BBN, and I just listened to some of his. And he gave a, a story, and I thought, man, I got to use that story. Um, just in in light of it makes the point uh, for us in relation to um, God knowing us. He tells a story of in, in the 1930s, there was a man driving down the road. Of course, we had different era, different time. We have different cars, right? So he's driving his Model A Ford. And all at once, the thing puts out on him. And he pulls off the side of the road. And he lifts the hood. And he's working on, the, on his car. He's trying to figure out what's wrong with it. And while he's working on it, this nicer car drives up beside him. And it was a chauffeured car. And this gentleman gets out of the back seat, walks over there, he's well-dressed, and he says, can I take a look under your hood? Sure, go ahead. So the man that's well-dressed gets down in there, and he's looking there, working, working a few minutes, and he comes back out and says, go ahead, try and start your car now. So the guy crawls back in his car, and boom, starts right up. Like, huh, who is this guy? Doesn't look like a mechanic. He said, sir, I, I have to ask. He said, you don't look like a mechanic. So how did you know how to fix this car? The man said, well, my name is Henry Ford. I invented this car. I know how it's supposed to run. I know how it's supposed to work. And I think, that's our God. When we are on our backs, when we are in trouble, when we don't know where to go, we need to cry out to our creator. He made us. He knows what's going on inside. He knows how we should tick, so to speak, right? I'm glad we have a creator who knows us. And we, can, we don't have to fear. We don't have to be apprehensive. We have a good shepherd. We may have you know, the doctor give us bad news. We may have a professor say, no, it's you do it this way. I'm a, I'm a learned man. You need to follow what I say. Or the courts may decide that this is, what we're, this is how we're going to interpret the law and it may affect us in a bad way. But people, we don't have to fear. We have the great shepherd taking care of us. The one true shepherd and it's interesting that David, and, and throughout all of Scripture, he uses the sheep instead of a cow, right? I grew up on a dairy farm, and when we wanted to move cows around, we didn't say, come, right? They'd look at you and go, what dummy are you? No, we'd chase them. We always chase cows. You chase them around, right, Kervin? You still chase them, right, Lynn? Some, some cows you may be able to lead, some, but most part, they don't. So we're compared to the sheep. 
Sheep are led. They need a shepherd. They need a shepherd to watch over them. So we look at the, the next verse. Verse 3 says, He restores my soul. Restores my soul. And I was, um, as I just studied, studying for this, the, the, the one thing that can happen to a sheep is what they, they can call um, a cast sheep. You know what that is? You ever hear of that? A cast sheep? It's, what happens is a sheep is, is, lies down in maybe a, an area that has maybe just a little bit of a, uh, a dimple in the ground or a hump there. And what will happen is sheep may just stretch and lay out and actually go over center into that hump or that dip in the ground. And they are, they, the sheep, sheep chew their cud like a cow does. And so they have a stomach called a rumen. And if, if they get over center, that rumen gas then expands and causes them to bloat. And it just exacerbates the problem. They just get worse. And they uh, kick in there and they don't get anywhere. And the only solution, the only solution to that problem is a shepherd. The shepherd needs to come and rescue that sheep. Really, the solution that we have, the only solution we have to our, our needs is the great shepherd. He knows us. And again, when we're on our back, when we're on in having that that trial that we're going through, he knows. Every affliction that we have can be countered by one thing, and that's the good shepherd. Then he says also in verse 3, he said, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Paths of righteousness. And I think... Um, one, one way to the commentator saying this is that it's not just paths. These are well-worn paths. They're almost becoming a rut. It's well-traveled. It's well-traveled. And so we hear we have the shepherd leading the sheep in these paths, these ruts. They're traveled many times over. The question is for if we follow the good shepherd, we're following that great shepherd, we're being led in paths of righteousness. We have those habits that we, that we are in. Is it good habits? Good, good things that we're involved in. If we're not, we, get, we, we all have our patterns. We all have our habits, right? And, and we've had, and I can say in, in my past, I've had some of those things that, Ugh, God help me get on that path. Get in that rut that's on the right path. God will lead us in the ruts of righteousness, so to speak. The paths of righteousness. Sheep are very herd-oriented. They, um, they follow whoever is in front. If one, I heard one guy say that if, if um, one sheep you know, he'll, he can put out the best of feed for his sheep. But if one sheep chooses, oh, you know, I've got interested in something else, the sheep will follow him. They'll leave something that's good. They just follow. It's like weird. If one runs, they all start running. And I, I uh, heard this story, and then I went and looked it up just to make sure that it's there. And I found it 
BBC had it and Fox News had it and there was another one, I think there's. But a story in, in Turkey, in 2005, there was some shepherds that had, they, 26 different families had brought their sheep together. They had maybe 20, 20 sheep each and so these guys would take turns taking care of the sheep. Well, one morning, they, they had their sheep out in the pasture or out on the mountainside or something like that. They went to eat breakfast. And here, the, here goes one sheep off, and here comes to a cliff and jumps right off the cliff. The next one jumps off the cliff. Next one jumps off the cliff right after. Just <laughs> They couldn't do anything about it. 1,500 sheep. 1,500 sheep went over the cliff, one after the other. And you think, stupid. But, and I think, well, do we do that sometimes? Well, he's doing it. I'm going to follow. He's doing it. But out of that, the, the, the good thing out of that story, though, is that jumping after the, the first 450 lost their lives. The ones that jumped on top, they were cushioned a bit, and they actually... Saved them. <laughs> Amazing. So you have 1,500 sheep. But even then, and, and if you put the uh, money value on it, they said they lost $100,000 worth of sheep. It's just in that sheep going off and jumping over the cliff. So I know that uh, in our own lives, we are, we are marked by habits and patterns and we, sometimes we get off on the wrong path and we follow this way and we shouldn't be following. Um, so we need, to, we need to be reading God's word. We need to be meditating on God's word. We need to be listening to good music, reading good materials, sharing our faith, and praying so that we can stay on that right path. That's what God wants to lead us on. He wants to lead us on the right path. Stay on the, develop good habits to be in that rut, if you want to call it that way. Because if you look at verse four, he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So we need to be on that path because here is the shepherd the shepherd is literally leading, leading his sheep through the valley of the shadow of death. It's his will. It's his will that we are taken through hard times. We don't like hard times. None of us do. But it's the shepherd. We're following the shepherd and he's leading us through that valley. Stephen Davey did make this comment. He said, you think about it though, the words that are used here, the shadow of death. Can a shadow really hurt us? Can the shadow of a wolf hurt us? Can the shadow of a murderer hurt us? We're pretty close. <laughs> we can get scared. But the shadow of death. And, and you think about this. Death in itself, for a Christian, is it just a shadow? I wonder if it, I, I mean, it is probably. It's just a shadow. It's just a, it can't hurt us. For the Christian, we can't be harmed by a shadow. 
says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Um, the, if, you, if you look at um, death in itself, there's a lot of death happening each and every day. In 2017, there was 56 million people that passed away off this earth. That's 153,424 per day. So there's a lot of people dying. But again, if we have the great shepherd leading us, then we need not fear that death. We can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Because why? Because the shepherd has two things. He has a rod and a staff. The rod is that, that stick with a kind of a club end. And that is an extension of the shepherd's authority, of his might. He can take that, and he can, I'm, probably a shepherd is very accurate with that if he had to wing that thing at a, at a predator. But it was an extension of who he is, and we have that today. God, the Almighty, is our shepherd, and he can wield that rod however he needs to, to protect us. And then I have the, 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 the staff. You think about the staff. And I always have this image in my mind, the picture of Jesus, you know, taking that staff with the hook on it and the, and the sheep down there along in the cliff and he's going down there and he's hooking the sheep around the waist and lifting it up. It's a, it's the, the staff would represent... Um, his care and assistance to rescue the sheep out of the mud, out of the thicket, off the cliff. That staff is an extension of his hand walking through the shadow of death. It's like we have our hand in the hand of the Lord. And I'm grateful for that that picture in my mind that we can have. I'm grateful for that truth. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God, our Jesus, our shepherd, is taking us into that, that pasture area, that table land. It might be, you know, thou preparest a table, but it's, there's wolves. There's, the enemy is around us. But because we have our great shepherd, we need not fear. We're in that he's there guarding. He's watching. The one, one commenter is saying is that, you know, the shepherd at night, he's watching over his sheep while the wolves are watching his sheep too. But the shepherd is there watching over us. And he's, even in the presence of our enemies, he's preparing, he's taking us to the the pasture, so we can eat, so we are, are nourished, so we are, our soul is satisfied. He anoints my head with oil. Sheep have, um, they're, they're notorious for getting um, uh, lice or even um, the, they call nasal flies that, are, that, that get in and lay eggs inside their nose. And then the, the larva hatch and just drive the sheep bad. And said it can even, the sheep will be so crazed by, by these little things crawling on his head, they'll just 
butt their head against a, a blunt object just trying to get rid of their, you know, to relieve themselves of this. And uh, they get scabs that they can get plagued with. And so he speaks here of the shepherd taking oil and anointing those spots, anointing, putting that ointment on, taking care, making sure that we don't have to be pestered by those things. And then in, in verse, um, the last verse, I like the way Stephen Davies said this. He said, he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. He said, maybe you could almost attribute goodness and mercy to the sheepdogs. One sheepdog was named goodness and the other one is mercy. They're following, they're making sure that keeping us what is, what is goodness? It's God's abundant care. He supplies all our need. And it's going to follow us. It's not going to let us go. It's going to be there. Mercy is that covenant of unbreakable love and kindness and promise to blot out our sin. Hallelujah. He said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not some of the days, but all the days of my life. And here's the best part. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The same shepherd moves us at some point in our life we're going to be moved out of the pasture, out of this earth, into his house. Into his house. Um, an upgrade? Yeah. Big time. Big time upgrade. We, because of our shepherd, because he's, he laid down his life for us. And he's caring for us as we journey in this life walking with us through the, the valley of the shadow of death, we someday can move from the pasture to his home. Hallelujah. What a gift to each one of us who have called upon the name of the Lord. So in these days of uncertainty, of unknown, what's going to happen tomorrow, we may... I know, get anxious and apprehensive, but we need to remember, return to the good shepherd, say, get on our knees, say, call upon the shepherd, say, Jesus, help me. Help me walk this valley. Help me walk this journey. Help me be faithful. Help me stay in the right path so someday I can graduate. I can enter your house and be in your presence all the time. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you provided Jesus, our shepherd. The good shepherd. The great shepherd. The one who laid down his life for us. So that we have the hope of eternal life. 
Lord, as we've, we've entered this new year, 2021, I pray, Father, that we truly are looking to the great shepherd to lead us through each day, each month, and this year as you should grant us life. God, help us be faithful. Help us to follow as good sheep. We can't do this on our own. Any sheep who tries to go on their own is going to fail. And we will too. We need you, Father. We need your grace. We need your strength. We need the presence of Jesus. We need your Holy Spirit. We need your word hidden in our hearts. And God, I pray that you would help us follow the good shepherd this year. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We love you and we give you praise and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's stand and I'll just, I guess we can um, ask a blessing on the food. I don't know if it's ready or not. We'll just, it'll be ready soon. Talk a little bit. Let's pray and then we can enjoy fellowship. God, we thank you for the time to fellowship. I pray that you would bless the time around the table with food. We want to give you glory and praise. And we want to bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.